Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we were blessed a little bit. We got some some big news in the CDL, so we're going to talk about that. And then we've got a fully directed and produced Kyle segment for the second segment, kind of like a little trivia game show in a way that we're going to be doing. Uh, but we've actually got a little bit of news to talk about, which has been rare in the past couple of weeks. So we're going to get into that. And then get into that second segment, maybe a little bit of a shorter episode. I know we seem to say that the last couple of times, but I probably won't be the typical two-hour episode like we've had uh, a lot over the last couple of months. But before we get into any of that news, Kyle, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well today. Uh, you know, I was kind of, I woke up this morning and I, you know, I was like, wow, we're not going to have anything to talk about. Should we just chalk the, uh, the episode? And then all of a sudden we saw this, uh, you know, Robert Kraft news drop that we're going to get into here and uh you know it brightened up my day because I knew that we were probably going to be able to uh at least you know have a uh news segment here so uh yeah yeah it, even though the uh the whole state of competitive is kind of just like what are we doing um mm. yeah you know there's uh you know we'll st- we'll we'll keep plotting along here we'll keep uh we'll keep our heads held high and uh you know Come hell or high water, we're gonna have a Call of Duty season. So uh, I'm excited to get into yeah. it today. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, we've actually the, the last couple of weeks our top news, like our top news segment or, or the top thing on our news segment has been honestly not really a headliner type of news because we haven't had much headliner caliber news. But this week we definitely have some, and it was only a few hours ago, like like you said, early in the day we didn't know what we were going to talk about on the podcast in terms of news besides like our little second segment, and then this bombshell dropped that apparently Robert Kraft and I believe it was like his Kraft sports group. Uh, they, they're apparently reportedly not confirmed going to be the 12th spot. They're buying the 12th spot, most likely a Boston team as Robert Kraft's group owns the Boston uprising in the overwatch league. So I would assume it's most likely going to be some team based in Boston, which could be pretty interesting. It's also in my opinion, pretty, pretty good, hopefully because Obviously, a Robert Kraft owned group, I'm sure, has Kronky like money and it will probably be one of the richest teams in the CDL, which having all that money can't hurt for hopefully content and uh, to be able to field a good team and pay the players well like they deserve. So, yeah, Robert Kraft and his ownership group reportedly buying into the CDL for the 12th spot. Yeah, that's exciting, especially for uh, American sports fans who, uh, you know, obviously Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots, uh, Tom Brady, longtime quarterback there, just uh, yeah. A lot of uh, personality around him, uh, and obviously the New England Patriots are, have continued to be a uh, a really good team in the NFL. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they bring a lot of uh, you. You would expect they bring a lot of capital with them. Um, and yeah, so you know maybe they just see this year as like we're just going to sign a team uh, that has some names on it, and then maybe next year they'll they'll. Uh, go around maybe like a Los Angeles gorillas have with like spending a ton of money uh, mm-hmm. to, to get big name players in. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important that they have a, uh, you know, if this rumor is true and they do normally announce, I think it's uh, important that they have a good year. Like they, they develop a good culture. So players are Absolutely. attracted, attracted to them and they don't kind of poison the water, like a, a Paris Legion or even a, uh, you know, I, I know Seattle, has been looking good in scrims and stuff, and obviously they mm-hmm. have a uh, you know some good teams, but obviously they didn't do a fantastic job in the first two years with uh you know getting their reputation up. So yeah, yeah, I'm 
I'm also excited. I think that, like you said, that's important. Get the reputation up. We've seen a couple teams like Seattle and Paris, like you mentioned, maybe not have the best reputation for like treating their players the right way or like actually giving their players the resources they need to potentially win and be a successful team. So I think obviously they're not going to have their pick in getting like elite, like an elite team or top elite talent, because I mean, most of the top talent is already signed, obviously. But like you said, if they can sign a team with maybe some decent names on it that will be somewhat competitive, maybe fight for a playoff spot and try to make it to, to playoffs, assuming we have that same format where eight teams make it. And also maybe they can produce a lot of content this year and treat their players just the complete right way. So players have only good things to say about them. That will help them maybe be in a situation like LAG where maybe they weren't the best, like you mentioned, but they hopefully at least treat their players in the right fashion like they did with Vivid and they pay their players extremely well, even if they're not performing. So that way, you know, methods, if he signs there, or any players that sign there, if they're dropped next year, they can still at least say good things that the organization treated them well. And, and I mean, nothing but good things from the side of at least how the organization operates, because that's that's how they're going to progress is maybe struggle this first year with not the best roster. Obviously, like we like we said, uh, methods, TJ Venom, Paul X, that roster is potentially the roster if you want to talk about that at all. But I, I agree with you. It's, it's just very important for them to set the standard of them being at least a, a solid organization that's going to at least treat the players right so they can potentially maybe get that superstar squad in the future yeah well i mean who who knows like this team has been playing this uh this team of four has been playing well in scrims uh yeah i do follow follow at uh cdl scrim tracker or whatever or Mm -hmm. email scrims or whatever it's uh i don't know just uh interesting timeline info to see who's winning on the day um yeah, I mean, there's no reason to say that this team is going to be like bottom of the barrel. No, they could definitely. Be yeah, they can be competitive, and that's really at the end of the day all you really can ask for uh, for a lot of these teams. Um, uh, do you think, uh, kind of backtracking? Do you think that like their Overwatch counterpart in the uh, the Boston Uprising uh, does that? You know, there there hasn't been you know too much positive performances out of them in the OWL. Do you think that's kind of a trendsetter for the craft ownership group, or do you think that's just like an anomaly? I'm not sure fully. Cause I actually like, like I told you right before we started recording this, I, I talked to my two friends. I have two friends that are like, they follow everything overwatch league. They watch all the matches. They listen to podcasts on it. Like they're super into it. And from what they've told me, Boston uprising are absolutely like horrendous this past year. They were horrible. And I guess I don't know enough about it to like, was it a situation where they just weren't investing in the players and they just weren't really caring? Or was it just this, uh, one of those situations where just like in any sport or sport, you just kind of had a bad team makeup that you thought was going to be good and it just didn't work out. And there were maybe wasn't a lot of open roster changes they could make. Cause I don't know the ins and outs of the overwatch league, obviously nearly as well as I do the CDL, but maybe it's a situation where they just didn't have the resources or they, they just had a roster that was just struggling and didn't have a lot of people that they could interchange. But I don't know. I, I feel like, with all the positivity that's come around this team, like we've seen nothing but positives, like in the rumors and people are hyped for them to be like coming on and like other like esports business people are really hyped for them to be coming to the league. It seems like, uh, as well as like, I don't know, it seems like everybody's just overall excited. So I would think that from what they've heard or seen from the overwatch league, that they're excited because this ownership group, they've heard good things about them. At least, at least that's my hope. Yeah. Uh, I would just hope that, you know, they, they kind of branch out if if this does prove to be a successful venture, uh, that they can branch out into non Activision esports <laughs> and m- maybe you know get into like Rocket League or CS or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you would hope that uh, this you know that the craft esports venture uh, 
ends up being good for for uh for them because basically the more you know big money you can get it from an ownership standpoint uh coming into esports on an american plane at least uh you know the 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 faster we're going to see things grow because obviously money money does you know move a lot of weight uh when it comes to you know game development and how serious these uh games have to take their competitive sides mhm yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm excited for them though because I feel like, like we've seen in football, at least this is obviously a very different thing. But the Patriots are kind of like one of the models of what you should do as an organization, like in terms of success and uh, just the way they treat their players and everything. So, I mean, I hope that carries over, and that's just the way that the whole craft business operates. And I, I mean, I'm not gonna like knock them right away. I'm I'm gonna hope that's that's what they do. I hope that Boston Uprising's lack of success in the OWL is just a coincidence of a bad roster but i have no reason to believe that they're gonna be some bad organization because we know they're not going to be lacking money which is the rumor with a couple of the other franchises and why they might be struggling so that's that's a good thing but i'm excited to see see this team in the cdl and excited that we at least i mean the, the number one positive about this is as long as it's true at least we're gonna have 12 teams this year right exactly the last I mean, thing we wanted to do was yeah the last thing we wanted to do was have like you know an odd number of teams going into brackets and stuff so uh yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it can only be a positive thing. At the, at the... Well, yeah, and they're also, like like we said, if that rumored Methods TJ Venom roster, because they didn't play in that first Challengers Cup, like they said on the flank, didn't play in that first Challengers Cup, so that, I mean, that probably means that they're maybe doing something. Otherwise, if they were truly a Challengers team, they'd definitely be playing in that cup. But, I mean, that maybe means that they are on this roster, and like like you said, this is about as good of a roster as you could hope for for the 12th team coming in late with not many players to sign like this team is not just going to get run over they should at least be able to put up fights against any of the teams yeah for sure and i mean unless like super deep embedded in the challenger scene and you know like that there's four cracked players that nobody's talking about obviously this is the best team you could probably come up with yeah absolutely in terms of personalities as well uh you want to move on to our next topic are we are yeah. we good with the, the robert Kraft group yeah let's so, keep it all right so our next topic is formal obviously former cod pro sounds weird to say that he's a former cod pro but he joined sentinels i believe this is like a loan type deal uh i can i have the tweet here he just said uh after like moving on from space station he said on a serious note this was too good of an opportunity to pass up I appreciate the guys on Space Station Gaming. It was fun to learn the game together, and I wish them the best of luck. I'll be playing with Sentinels for Rally. Uh, should be a spicy weekend. I'm still Optic forever, though. Uh, and then Hastro basically commented on it and said, it was never a question whether or not to allow Formal to play for Sentinels at the first HDS event. We want Matt to have a chance to compete, even if it means he has to play for our toughest opponent. It's a good problem to have when we contract six of the best Halo players on Earth. So obviously formal going over to Sentinels for this event because there was a big controversy with Royal Two. He did some like geo caching or I don't know what it's called where he like changed the location of his router or something to get better ping on a server, and that's obviously considered like banned or cheating in the rule set. So he was like suspended for the first event, and they didn't think Sentinels was going to play there. And then they were able to potentially get a sub. They didn't know if they wanted to get a sub, and then the opportunity to add formal to the roster, who's still a solid player and also a player that they know will just play for them for one event and then leave when Royal two wants to come back. Cause this is a dynasty roster. They're not just going to drop somebody off of it. Uh, they're going to obviously bring Royal two back unless formal goes absolute God mode wins MVP of the tournament or something. I can't imagine they'll ever make a roster change of this dynasty roster, but formal's going to Sentinels Playing at the first halo events. It'll, it'll be interesting because they have a legit chance to win. I mean, 
he's a solid player and he's joining lethal snake bite. Uh, and that's one of the greatest teams of all time. So it'll be interesting. It, was, it has former COD pro frosty on it as well. Like these are all multi-time world champs. So we'll see what formal can do. Maybe he'll screw around and win a halo event. Yeah, that would be so fun. I, I mean, it definitely, uh, you know, I, I sometimes I find myself hard pressed to watch these other esports and stuff. Like I, I did, like I mentioned, I did tune into the the first Halo Cup uh, a few weeks mm-hmm. back. Um, but you know, definitely when you have when you add formal into the wrinkle, there's an opportunity that they probably that they might match up against Optic at some point too. That'd be crazy. Uh, yeah, just uh, all the more reason for me to you know set aside an hour or two and sit down and like flip on the stream and watch um watch this halo event and uh it's this weekend too yeah so definitely uh you know there's a a a void of college football for a few weeks now so uh, (laughs) all the more reason so so i'm excited i think i think it's a good good news uh you know especially one off and can just like, like you know they're not gonna be expecting to to win or it's more of like a you know, just come see what you can do. Like, you know, yeah. at least we'll draw a lot of eyes to the to the scene, and um, I think it's good for uh, good for this team. And uh, yeah, yeah Go formal versus versus optic grand final will go crazy for viewership too. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine the viewers that that would pull. Yeah, for sure. All right. Moving on, we've got a little bit of weird news here. We kind of just brought this up and um, threw it on the news sheet for some of the things we wanted to talk about because it's obviously all speculation, very odd news. We don't know where it's going. We just thought it was something that was worth to talk about. There was a teaser I first saw because I saw Salvation's Elite quote tweeted, and I was like, what is this? I never heard of this. I got to check this out. Uh, And it's a game called SM2. Basically, a description for it. Their bio on Twitter says, SM2 is a modded Call of Duty client based off uh, the MW2 engine with all new weapons, perks, point streaks, maps, and more for PC currently in development. And yesterday, December 12th, they posted a new gameplay video. It says, welcome to Search and Destroy in SM2. We've made a lot of changes since our last video, and we hope you enjoy what we've been working on. Basically, the video shows like some MW2 looking maps and maps from like other games, just completely new maps we've never seen. It shows some guns from Black Ops 2, some MW2 guns. And it's all search and destroy. It looks beautiful. Updated graphics, obviously, on the PC. And it's essentially a uh, like SD only game. Like I said, remake of MW2 with all different weapons, maps, perks, potentially coming soon. Uh, just so basically, it almost looks like Call of Duty CS going away, maybe without the economy system to buy weapons. But it's basically just a Call of Duty game that's going to have a ton of maps in it and a ton of guns, like a mashup of all the Call of Duties where you just play SD. Seems. Seems like a pretty darn cool thing to me. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of. I'm sure if this thing gains more traction, we could do, like literally sit down and do a whole like two hour podcast on how to make mm-hmm. it competitive. But uh, just to kind of paint with broad strokes here, um, yeah, it's kind of it's really interesting. I watched like 30 seconds of the gameplay. It looked like uh, it looked really clean. Um, mm-hmm. It did not look like people were slide canceling, which is amazing. <laughs> uh because i don't know i'm just not a big fan of it uh no auto attack print <laughs> uh just all the stuff you know yeah. just, you know the colors looked good um yeah i'd be excited to see if this thing takes off um if it gains more traction with pro players uh or you know current pros uh 
even content creators. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess from an if it's only S and D, it's hard to see right now uh, if it could ever supplant the CDL for being like or like being the like annual title release variant mm-hmm. that it is right now with like well you know they release a new game but then we have to see how it plays for hardpoint and snd and for the third game mode uh you know maybe it could be something where like activision finally just like says you know we've had enough with people like bash tweeting us like every year that the game sucks for competitive maybe we just absolutely like, i don't know like i said that that would be a whole discussion for a different day uh but it's something to keep your eye on because uh i mean personally i don't have a pc but i would really uh like to play you know just for the nostalgic feel of playing like mm-hmm. mw2 engine again uh and seeing some you know throwback guns and score streaks and stuff as well or point streaks i guess uh be really fun so uh i'll be keeping my eye out but you know it's probably way far off in the future yeah i'll I will say like something you mentioned, like we could have a whole two hour podcast talking about like how to make this competitive and everything. I I mean, if, when the game comes out and I get a chance to like play and stuff, I'd absolutely love to do that. But I think this is a game that could naturally be more competitive because that's kind of the way that search and destroy modes are like CS Valorant, even search and destroy and COD, like no matter how bad a, or good a COD title is, it always seems like you just have like search and destroy is pretty much always built and focused around being balanced and being competitive because like, obviously you can't have a super unbalanced search and destroy map spawns. Don't play a factor, which can affect so many games in such a bad way. It's like, I don't know. Search and destroy base games are always built so much more competitively, which is, I mean, why I always think they're a little bit more sustainable. Like you see a game like CS, it's still like in the majors, it still is popping. Like, it has crazy viewership that just dwarfs most esports, and it's just S and D only. These these games have so much replayability, especially if it's a uh, like a PC title where they can always constantly add new maps and take maps from old games and add them in and add new weapons and change the balance. Like they could constantly change the balance, and it could basically be like the CS Go but COD edition, and it could be something that's really fun and sustainable. And it'll be interesting to see if if Call of Duty and Activision keep basically wanting to push. Uh, Call of Duty away like the weird like extra child and push us off to the side and not want to care about us they don't care about competitive it'd be interesting to see if they'd be willing to maybe put some money into this make it the CDL where it's S&D only and you play this and then they can just focus on pubs and noob friendly Warzone and stuff for their yearly title but that's obviously all speculation way in the future I'm just very interested to see where this game could possibly go because I will definitely be trying it out and playing it if if it comes out uh, sometime soon yeah, I echo everything you said. Um, my one thing would be if if it would uh, come into a competitive focus, uh, would they be pressured to add variant in? Yeah, um, they like, might. Like, like I mean, if if we get a if it comes in soon and we get a lot of the current personalities um, still in the scene and they're like hyping it up, but we don't have variant, it would be hard to see that moving uh and then there's like the Mm -hmm. whole thing with like would activision still like own the ip for like search and destroy you know would activision have to get their cut or you know it's just a lot of a lot of what ifs that uh you know you can definitely go down like a million different rabbit holes here uh so i won't bother with doing that right now yeah um but like you said very interesting uh definitely something to keep your eye on and i'd be really excited to play 
Yeah, I'm absolutely so excited to play when it comes out. I I didn't really see anything. I didn't do too much deep diving into it because this when I saw this tweet, this was like the first time I had seen it today. Uh, anything about this game, but I haven't done too much deep diving. I don't know if there's even like an estimated release date, or I'm sh- assuming it's probably coming out sometime in 2022 at the earliest, if not even later than that. Because I'm sure a game like this takes a long time to make. But it'll be very interesting to watch how it develops, and we'll definitely be covering any big news that we see on it because it's something uh as call of duty especially competitive fans that could be interesting to watch uh but our last piece of news before we get into our little trivia game is well vanguard uh this seems like a weekly thing now still in disarray we've got some new stuff challengers reportedly uh gonna be playing the third game mode of snd they did it this past weekend correct Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, and they're playing third game mode as S&D instead of control for the foreseeable future because there's no definitive fix announced to uh, to make control more competitive or to add a, another different game mode in, which would be domination, which would be the worst thing ever uh, because their squad spawns a control and it's just unplayable. So for the foreseeable future, we're going to be playing S&D as our third game mode, so three S&Ds and two hard points per series, which, in my opinion, isn't the worst thing, but when we were supposed to have a third game mode, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of funny, like, when the Call of Duty League tweeted out um, the announcement for the first two Challengers Cups, and they're like, we will look to add control <sighs> and pro points into the 2022 challengers scene it's like well you'll look to it like so what does that mean they'll, they'll send like a dm to the developer and be like could you please do this and then no follow-up it's like you just like to see some accountability um yeah like and especially since this like this game is rapidly losing interest with uh you know, I bet you a majority of people are only on vanguard right now to level up their war zone guns um, absolutely and, you know, the life cycle of the game uh, will probably be dead by summer when, you know, everybody's 100%. excited for the next game. And it's just like the stuff take, you know, I, I, I understand and I appreciate that development takes time, but like they need to like get the stuff rolling ASAP or they're going to be out of mm-hmm. time and it's going to be time for, you know, Modern Warfare 2022. Uh, and then. Uh, you know, it used to be that, you know, these games were published at the finished phase and not a whole lot needed to be like added and changed. But now it's like they're putting out like stuff that's not finished. Uh, yeah. And then kind of they finally like maybe finish it six months into the game or something. Right. Yeah, it's it's a mess. I, I actually like don't mind a series being three search and destroys and two hard points. But that's if that was going into the year. We decided that was the thing, if that was the standard. But that's not the standard. The third game mode is the standard. We were promised the third game mode, and we just don't have it ready. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean... Because control's broken. Right. It, like, no, no, nobody loves watching... Points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody loves watching S&D more than me. Uh, I think it's an incredible game mode, but like... Like you said, the third game mode is what is the the meta, what's standard for competitive Call of Duty, has been for a long, long time. Um, so yeah, and I mean, with these squad spawns, with like inconsistent control uh, performance, uh, just you'd really like to see some kind of like at least a hot fix, on, or, or I don't know, just yeah. something like, hey, this will be done we'll have it patched or we'll just like chalk this third game mode because squad spawns can't be 
fixed or something. I don't know. It's just kind of frustrating. Yeah, it's it's also like, I mean, like you said, it's kind of a staple of Call of Duty in a way. Like the third game one is something. I mean, I obviously don't know a ton about as many of their esports, but like both esports, like CS:GO, you've got your one mode. Valorant, you've got your one mode. Obviously, Rocket League is like your one mode. Like that extra mode is something that makes us unique in these series. Like the only other one that's like it uh, is like another arena shooter, like Halo. I know where they have multiple modes, but like that third game mode, I think is. Honestly, what makes competitive Call of Duty more interesting? Because you always have your dominant S and D teams, you have your dominant hardpoint teams, but the teams that can find out how to play that third game mode, like when it was CTF, the teams that could be dominant at CTF, which is a lot of what Complexity made their money on. They were absolutely dominant at that CTF and Dom mode when it was in Ghosts, like during their dynasty, they were just so good at it, which is kind of what separated them. Like those teams that can figure out how to play Uplink or CTF or Control or Domination, like that mode. It's like that's the swing mode that. If a series is you're down 2-0, you can flip it on its head and get some momentum and go for the reverse sweep. If a series is 1-1, you can always, if you're so good at that game mode, you can always get up 2-1. Or if you're really good at search and destroy, you can always win that map two and then swing it to get a lead in map three. Like that that unique mode where it's not always like, it's like the game mode that's like a perfect combination because typically like in hardpoint, if you're a heavy, heavy slaying team and you're the more talented team, you're probably going to win. At search and destroy, if you have the better strats and you have better team play, you're probably going to win. But that third game mode is always just that perfect cross where like you always see the teams that maybe aren't as heavy slaying able to win because their strategy and teamwork is so perfect. And that's that's why it's such a beautiful game mode for Call of Duty because it kind of combines that that talent and teamwork aspect into like the perfect the perfect thing. Although Dom doesn't do it as much, but the typical CTF or control do that. So um, just for Call of Duty to stay unique, I think we need a different third game mode. And I'm just not for S&D for that reason. Although, like you said, I think both of us are extreme lovers of S&D and we'd love to see it played as much as possible. But I like keeping Call of Duty unique and that's one of the reasons I love it. Yeah, I echo everything you said with that. Uh, And the other thing is like, um, like you said with the, uh, like the third game mode and stuff, I I just think it's so uh, pivotal. Like, like you and you alluded to that as well, where you can swing uh, these series in your favor. You can I you can obviously close a team out mm-hmm. on the third game mode if you're just dominating them. Uh, it really shows teams' proficiencies. Um, and yeah, I felt like I was excited for control, but that you know, maybe it would be like you know come in as a polished mode or something. I don't know. It's just like oh my I god, was... we're just hit, we're just hitting snags at every at every corner here. Yeah, I was so naive to when I was talking, playing like S&D GBs with my buddies. I was saying like, man, I can't wait because we played a couple like hardpoint GBs and it's like, this is just so chaotic. I don't even know how to control the map. And then I was like too naive to even joke to them and say like, man, I can't wait for control to come on. I can't believe I'm saying that because typically I'm a hardpoint S&D guy and the third game mode's all right. But I was like, I can't wait for control to come out just so I know where people are spawning. Like I was so naive to think that they would actually have you spawn and like, you know, the typical set spawn points in the back of the map where you're supposed to spawn for control. I was so naive. I was like, I can't wait for that. So I actually know where people are spawning and it's like a lot easier game mode to control. And now we've got people squad spawning onto points. If you're on offense, you squad spawn to the defense's base. Like, I mean, it is just an absolute mess. Uh, but to add on to that mess, you've got the QA team walking out at Raven with all like the recent issues we've seen in the Activision just company as a whole. And the QA team at Raven issued a, a walkout. So even more of a mess for Activision in the game. Yeah, I think it kind of came also from uh, QA 
uh, partners being like promised that they would get raises or competitive wages renegotiated. Um, yeah. And then I guess they progress, like some of them progressively got like called into the office and got fired or let go. Yeah. And then that QA to walk out. at Raven uh, personnel and just kind of, and obviously anytime you have like quality assurance people <laughs> going yeah. it, it uh, you can't really be too positive or favorable about what's going to happen with the actual product. And obviously like we're talking about like other people's like livelihoods and jobs. So it's kind of hard to get yeah. bogged down into talking about like, Oh, woe is me. This video game sucks or something, but uh, you know, they kind of go hand in glove here. So just unfortunate to see. Um, you know, well, you wish these people well. Yeah, and for these people too, it's like the people that are firing them and that are, like you said, are rolling in the money. It's like, how do they realize they roll in that money? These QA people are a huge reason they're able to roll in the money because they're the people that are uh, just absolutely putting a ton. I mean, I don't know a ton about like what the QA job all entails, but I know that I've heard, especially towards game releases, the hours are pretty insane. Like these people are working a lot of hours and sometimes it can be pretty boring work and these people are absolutely crucial to the development of a game because they're the ones that are finding all these bugs that would have easily hit the game had it not been for them finding the bug getting it patched before you even see that it was a bug and that's the reason that some of these people are rolling in money is because they fix so many of these issues that would make people not want to play the game before the public ever sees them so i mean i don't know why on earth they think they don't just don't need qa teams at some of these places it's a little insane because obviously Fixing bugs before the public sees them is a huge, huge part of game development. Yeah. Like, that's one of the most crucial parts in any game. But, I mean, maybe that's why we're seeing so many Warzone bugs on console, because we don't have as many QA testers. That's been another issue uh, that we have here, is this, the Warzone launch has been just riddled with bugs, especially on the console. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, obviously a lot of these, like, I've been admittedly watching more warzone twitch streams just to kind of like see how the new map is you know mm-hmm. uh, i think i've said that i'm pretty big into war like uh verdansk yeah. Warzone for a while back last summer obviously there was like nothing to do uh with the whole state of the world uh mm-hmm. and, you know Warzone came in at the opportune time obviously uh and uh so yeah I've, I've just seen that there's been a lot of like graphics bugs and stuff but uh pretty specific to console because all the pc streamers are not encountering this um but yeah so you know that maybe that ties back into the qa uh you know they're just maybe more things are falling Mm -hmm. through the cracks because they're not like investing enough in qa uh so yeah just uh you, you hate to see it for the warzone community i'm thinking about getting back into uh this new caldera map uh I think I'm going to be upgrading my console here uh, in a little Nice. In a, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, should I, should I, should I not? And I was like, you know, might as well. Like, I don't know. There's bound to be a good Call of Duty game coming out one year. Uh, you hope. <laughs> it, it, it might, it might not seem like I, I'm kind of torn on whether I'll invest into Vanguard or not. Um, I'm, I'm still, you know, it's still a 50 50 toss up for me. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'm. I got the the new Xbox back pretty close to when it came out, and I've been pretty happy with it. I think I'll be 
getting a PC soon to play some of the PC games. I want to kind of dive into Valorant because I'm such an SD, such an SD nerd and kid that I want to dive into all those SD type games that I've never played. But it's it's definitely a worthwhile investment, and Warzone mm-hmm. will hopefully run better for you on there than what it currently is. But who knows with all the bugs? Yeah. Uh, I guess last one thing last... we have under the Vanguard disarray. Oh, yeah. You else yeah. No, no, I was going to get into this because it was pretty funny and ironic. I'll... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's going to piss me off before this last segment, which I think is going to be really fun and an interesting one to do. But, oh, man. Call of Duty League tweets eyes emoji in response to Miles' Magic 8-Ball for the third game mode being uh, Domination. I was just, when I heard this, saw this, I was like, please, no. I mean, I know all we all hate Domination, but my God, I hate it more than anyone, I think. And I don't want to watch it. I don't want to play it. It's going to ruin the game for me if it's played. It is so boring. Yeah, because this kind of, for me, it kind of went like, first thing, for for those who aren't like familiar with like what the eyes emoji, uh, it, it usually means, oh, like just you just wait, like we're, we're coming out with some news yeah. or something like, uh, I don't know. So, and, you know, and Miles also had like, uh, he had like tweeted another one that said like it was going to be patrol and he didn't get a response from Call of Duty League and then yeah. when he said domination then he gets like the eyes uh, response from Call of Duty League and that kind of goes hand in uh, hand in hand with like oh like you know we'll try and incorporate control into the challenger scene or whatever and like, currently the pros aren't scrumming a third game mode um, either so Maybe they're just going to be like, oh, change of plans. We're going to just play Domination because, well, we know that squad spawns, like, whatever with Domination. Uh, you know, as long as you hold two flags, you're going to win the game. Or, you know, you know, as we saw in Modern Warfare with squad spawns, it was just a very boring game mode. There wasn't too much competitiveness to it. It didn't seem like we were watching a very, like... Uh, you know, it wasn't like surgery. We weren't watching like surgical gameplay or something that was like where it makes sense. Like, oh, this team hit the rotation perfectly, so they're going to get a full sixty seconds. It's like, no, this team just like that completely like blown off the map, so they're just spawning on the other yep. team's home flag, so they're just going to automatically get another flag cap back or something. It's just weird. It doesn't make any sense. It's not competitive. I don't want it. And how many times is it we hit three and a half minutes left in the game and it's mathematically over and we're just sitting here watching it for no reason? Yeah, that remember. is the worst thing ever when a game is mathematically over and you just have to sit there and watch it. Like hard points, sometimes it's like 230 to 100, it's a blowout. But all of a sudden, we've seen it before. Like a team can randomly go on a full 60 hill and all of a sudden, whoa, they make it a little competitive. It gets a little exciting. Domination, it could be mathematically over with four minutes left and you're just sitting there in agonizing pain, just watching people get meaningless kills. Well, remember uh, Clay's love shack on Hackney Yard when he just yeah. spray painted the garage with like all the hearts and stuff. It was just yeah, the game was over and they're just like trolling. It was boring. The only thing that made it funny was Clay just like you know completely like going full troll mode with the heart spray paints and stuff. But just dumb. I don't know. I I I'm praying that this won't be the third game mode. Uh, but it, it's. Yeah, anything, anything to yeah, avoid it, I, I would do. <laughs> yeah, but we can move on to our second segment because that's all we've got for news. If if you're ready to, yeah. to do so, but I'll let you lead the charge on it because uh, this is this is your segment. You authored it, and I'm just along for the ride here. Yeah, so I figured, obviously, um, myself, I'm a newer uh, competitive fan, so I might not have the 
the uh, the historical context and background that uh ryan here does and uh you know i kind of figured it would be interesting for me to kind of do some trivia uh surrounding some uh past present uh you know, personalities in the Call of Duty scene here. Uh, I actually got this idea from one of our local sports talk shows where uh, they do, it's called a Who Am I segment. Um, hmm. So essentially what I'm going to do, I have four uh, personalities uh, or players picked out here. And uh, I'm going to provide hints for each one in order. Um, they're going to probably start more vague uh, and non-specific, And then obviously by the last hint, uh, it'll be pretty obvious to everyone who this person is um so okay. th- the goal here is make your prediction on who it is uh as soon as you can so like if after two hints you think you know who it is you can lock in your answer okay. and then uh you know i'll continue reading the hints in order uh and then obviously that'll reveal who the this personality uh is and uh, for those who are listening along, uh, you can also partake in this too. Uh, just you know, in the comments, let us know if you got the answer right and what question or what number hint you got the answer right on. Uh, maybe you can beat Ryan here uh, in one yeah. or in a couple of them. Uh, we'll see, but it'll be fun to get some uh, some people in the comments saying you know that they uh, they didn't know who this was or they never knew that this you know, fact they never knew this fact about this player or personality or whatever. So. Um, yeah, if you're ready, uh, if you have any questions before we get into it. So it can be, is it all like former COD pros or could it be uh, content it creators? Be, or it can be like anybody, anybody involved in COD. It's, it's pretty much, it, it, it is from a competitive slant. So that you're, I'm not okay. going to be bringing out like, uh, you know, any of the content creators really. People be also classified as content creators in some instances, but, uh, you know, these are all pretty, pretty much uh, from a competitive slant. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So this first player, for first personality here. Um, I came in to the COD scene from Halo around the same time as Formal. Okay. That's number one. I, so I this have this person came. This person came into the COD scene from Halo around the same time as Formal. All right. Number. Two. Okay. I once coached him. Hang on. Did we lose you in the call? Your mic cut out a little bit. Okay. Sorry. Am I back? Yeah. All right. Number two. I don't know if you got that one. I once coached a competitive COD team. Okay. Let me think a little bit because I had an idea, but now it changed. At first, I was like ready to lock in Enable because he did come over at the same time, but I don't know that Enable ever really coached hmm and if if you lock in you don't have to say right ooh, away oh oh i know who it is okay you can you can lock in if you want or you can keep listening i really think i want to lock. i don't know who else it could be i would think i want to lock in i want to risk it this one and if there's one okay. i'm more questioning okay well you can lock in, but i i want to continue reading for all of the uh all of our listeners here okay you want me to say who i have no, no, no. I, I want you to keep that in, but you, you can tell me if you got it right at the end. Or... Okay, I got it locked in my head. Okay. Hit number three. Hit number three here. My gamer tag has nothing to do with my actual name. 
Okay. I think I'm still I think I'm still good, but Okay. Number four. I am an active Twitch streamer. Okay, I think I'm still good. None of these have made me any more confident. Okay. But I okay. think I'm still good. This is okay, number five, our second last hint. I have a dog that I feature on my social media. Oh yeah, I'm so right. I was right. And number six, I am bald. Yep. I had it locked in after number two. <laughs> Alright, so obviously reveal who it is. Um Clint Maven Evans. That is correct. All right. I actually, I I was going to say lock it in to be bold after one, and I would have been wrong. I was going to say enable after one. Because when I think of that, I think of pro. I thought of pro right away is what my mind went to. Enable came over around the same time. I was like, it's got to be enable. That would have been way too easy if I had a, you know, because that's that's pretty obvious for most people who even like know who enable is. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm surprised you got that one, honestly, as as you did. so yeah, he, I remember, did, he did. He did coach. Uh, yeah, he coached uh, like a. Uh, I, I, I have I it here. It it's uh, Unite Gaming and Team yep. Curse. Yeah, that was gonna say Curse. That was what I was gonna say. I just remember him. The reason I remember him is because I'm like early in his career. I remember people always like making the joke that he was obsessed with formal, and he was like, "Well, I'm not gonna lie. I do really like formal because, uh, like, we came over from Halo at the same time," is what he always said, and like. I basically was like following over. We came over together and we talked about it all the time. So I remember that. And then when you said he coached was like right when I knew it, because I was like, well, it can't be enable if he coached. Uh, and then I was like, oh my God, well, Maven came over at the same time. And I remember him coaching because people like, it was like a joke that he did nothing when he coached. Like I heard that on a podcast. I think like <laughs> the eavesdrop when he was on there. So I actually did have that one after two. I was, I all almost right. didn't have it after two, but it is the Maven coaching thing came into the back of my mind randomly. Nice. All right. Ready for the next one. I'm ready. All right. Hint number one. I was once a member of Optic. Oh boy. All right. We have way too many people to narrow it down after one for that one. All right. Number two. I have won a ring. Okay. So there's a pretty good number of people. Obviously, the Dynasty Squad, JCap, Clay, a lot of people that have won a ring. Uh, before that have been on optic so we'll keep we'll keep going my longest stint on a team was over two consecutive years okay so i still so in other words this player you know was on a team for over two straight years without a without a break or anything if that was like to clear it up Okay, so I mean, I still have the dynasty in mind. That doesn't really narrow it too much because I still have the dynasty and, like, once again, Clay and Jcap in mind. Okay, so that that's uh that's been three hints. Okay, to number four. This next season will be my third team in as many years. I'm trying to think here. So, also, it's not clay then because he's going to be on subliners for two of the three years it's not crim uh not formal technically not well dash doesn't have a ring not scump obviously i don't know go again actually i'm okay. trying to think if maybe i'm blanking on somebody that won a ring that was on optic 
All right, number five. I have also been a member of a hundred thieves. Oh boy. Now I'm trying to think of the players that are have been on hundred thieves in the past. Enable does never ring, neither does Priesta, neither does Kenny, neither does Octane. Current players Envoy doesn't. Draza obviously doesn't. Who else has been a member of Hundred Thieves? Ah, Aix was technically on Hundred Thieves. I don't know. Give me the sixth one. I'm not sure. I'm maybe I'm just blanking on it. I was like Nade Shot maybe, but he didn't. Doesn't technically have a ring. Despite me being a pro gamer, I have also received a college degree. Oh my god. I like literally said Slasher in my head and I was like, he hasn't been on Optic. I guess he kind of technically was on the fake <laughs> Optic, wasn't he? It's Slasher, isn't it? Yeah, I I might have, uh, you know, sold it with uh, being a member of Optic, but uh, I mean, technically, technically he was. He technically was, you're right. He technically because, hasn't been on Optic before. Because the current Optic guys, like, they kind of, they all abandoned their Optic, you know, monikers when, uh, they were no longer, you know, when it was Huntsman and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, you are right. I mean, I feel there's definitely some listeners that beat me on that one when they're thinking because they probably instantly thought Slasher on Optic for some reason. Like, I still associate Optic as Huntsman that year, just in my head, as like I think a lot of mm-hmm. people do. But technically, you are right. He technically was on Optic because that was the name of the team. But that that was good because I literally said, I think I, I think I at least said Slasher out loud. No, not Slasher because he wasn't on Optic. I'm pretty sure if I didn't say that out loud, I said it in my head. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason I didn't say Slasher because he came to mind as a player on Hundred Thieves, like one of the only players to play for Hundred Thieves that has a ring. Maybe the is he the only player that's played for Hundred Thieves that has a ring? I think maybe because it was the guys in Bo3. Um, I, I guess mean, unless eight. you count as yeah, I mean unless you count the first like yeah, you know, the first iteration. But so really, yeah, if, if my brain yeah. was on straight, I should have gotten it right away because he's the only guy to technically play for Optic and also have a ring on Hundred Thieves. So I should have yeah. gotten it right away. Yeah, and obviously the uh, the longest stint on a team for two consecutive years uh would be his run with envy and yeah mm-hmm. also yeah. for for future trivia reference so, so you can use this one if you ever have to aches technically played for optic he subbed in black ops 3 he subbed in for one match when i believe formal couldn't play he subbed in for one match so he technically played for optic as well does he have a college degree maybe he's from the old oh. age he might i yeah. eh, i don't think so but eh, okay no, no. shoot all right. Well, I think yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe some hardos will uh, get on me uh, saying that. <laughs> oh, but he doesn't have. He's not playing for his third team in three years, so you're good. All right. He's safe well, there. That was a good one, though. There we go. All right. Our second to last, uh, second to last trivia here. Um, you ready for it? I'm ready. All right. Number one. I made my land debut in Modern Warfare Three. Okay, I've got got a few people in mind. Mainly, mainly some of the OG optic guys come to mind for this one, or some European players. All right. Number two, I have teamed with Scump more than once. Okay, that makes me think it's yeah one of those OG optic guys. All right. All right. I once played on a roster. With guys from five different countries. Oh my god! 
at the same time, are you saying? Uh, they were all rostered at the same time. Okay, so that immediately makes me think of somebody on Ultra and MW. And uh, should I go bold and lock in after three? You can if you want. All right, I'm locking it in after three. I might, All right. I might be completely wrong, but I want to go bold. I think I have my answer because I think he was on Ultra and MW, so I think I'm right. Okay. Number four. I only played one LAN in Advanced Warfare. Okay, that sticks along with my guy. That could be possible. All right. Number five. I am not currently signed to a pro roster. Oh, yeah, we're looking good. And number six. I was benched in the second season of the CDL. Oh, yeah, I was right. Let's go. All right. So you got it after three. Yeah, methods. Nice. I I actually, for some reason, I was going to say, because MW3, it's known for its lands being like all in Europe, basically, and like basically the only team from NA that went over there was Optic. So at first I was actually thinking, did Bance maybe make his debut when I thought of like the Ultra and MW? I was actually thinking Bance maybe. And then I was like, ah, I don't think he made his debut that early. I think he came a little bit later because he was like known for coming up in like BO3. And then I was like, oh my God, you know who? I remember seeing the old, old, old pictures of Methods playing with uh, Skump back in the day. Then obviously they then teamed again on World War II when you said he teamed at two different times. And then I figured five different people at one time all rostered. It literally has to be MW Ultra. <laughs> how many different mm-hmm. players they had and stuff. So yeah, yeah so I can't I- believe. I feel like that one was harder than the Slasher one and I got it earlier. I mean, I really screwed up that Slasher one. <laughs> yep, so obviously they had... Uh... Bantz from England, Kleenex from Denmark, Cami from Scotland, uh, Methods from the US, and Metals yeah. from Spain. I think they also had Lucky, who's also a Did Spanish have... player. And then yeah. uh, Mayhem, um, and he's a Canadian. So, Oh, okay. Yeah, they were a <laughs> multi, you know, multinational team there. Uh, and obviously, you know, they had like 10 players in Modern Warfare, so. Yeah, I remember that team, like they threw them together and it was like the most random team from all different countries that had no history of playing together besides like Lucky and Metals. It was such a weird throne. I mean, Looney and uh, I think Looney's technically from Italy. I think or something like that. Like, it, I yeah, I mean, that... you know how they say like, uh, like Hook is from Saudi Arabia. It's kind of it might be one of those things or whatever, you know, like, yeah. Like that's so who, like technically where the family's from or something. Right. Or that's like, I don't know. Because I thought I saw um, on like Looney's jersey. He's the Italian flag, but maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. But that was a good one. Maybe six. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last last one. You ready? Yep. All right. Number one. My first LAN was CWL Dallas. CWL Dallas. So I'm thinking that means World War Two or AW or not AW uh, IW. My f- first thought. Okay. All right. I once played with two guys associated with the current Optic Org. Two guys associated with the current Optic Org. Um. I think I I think it that means Dashy and Scump, and I think I know who it is. 
but I want to hear one more. Okay. I used to be an S&D kid. I got it. I think I was right after two. I should have locked it in. Okay. You want to lock I, You want to lock I, in at three? I think so. All right. Number four. I am of an alliterative duo. Wait, what was that? You cut out in the middle a little bit. I said, okay, sorry. I am one half of an alliterative duo. Okay, I, I think I'm still right. Number five. I am a multiple world champion. I am wrong. And number six. I am the reigning champs MVP. Okay, yeah, I was definitely wrong. Um, who, did, who did you have? Right away after the third, after the second one, I thought it was. Then you said I currently play with two players on the roster on the current optic roster. I thought it was TJ Haley. I said the current optic org. That was a that was a very oh. I just went. My mind went to the competitive roster. I guess so. Back in uh, World War II, you got that right with CWL Dallas. That was the first LAN. Once played with General and Sender. Oh. That's who Abizi, obviously, is the, the reigning chance MVP. Abizi once played with General and Sender. And okay. obviously, those are two guys associated with the current Optic Org. Mm-hmm. I can I can see how you went wrong with, you know, maybe you ju- you jumped the gun to think, oh, the current team. I wanted to go bold and technically up to the point that you had said everything for TJ was right. I Oh, no, I'm an idiot. TJ played land at AW but when he was like 14. <laughs> what's uh what's TJ's alliterative duo? To be honest, I don't know that I locked it in before that. OK, <laughs> but I thought yeah. you it could maybe be dashy because. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But so obviously alliterative duo, the tiny tears, TT, tiny tears. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. And then multiple world champion, Black Ops 4, Cold War. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. I mean, after you said that one, I knew I was <laughs> obviously wrong. Yeah. Man. Anyway. Some, so, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why. I was just thinking right after you said it. I mean, you said first land. And for some reason, my brain just like didn't register that TJ. So I was obviously wrong after that one because TJ technically in the pajama pants made it to the grand finals when he was known as Toast <laughs> in AW. So I guess that was wrong. But then when you said he made uh, or he had like teamed with two of the current Optic members, my mind instantly went to Optic competitive roster, dashing scum. So that fits. Uh, and then I was thinking also when you said... um that he made his debut at CWL Dallas. For some reason, I was thinking that was potentially maybe the first event of World War II, and that's kind of where he like fully... That's the first game where he turned 18. So he was like... He made a CWL debut at uh, on Rise Nation, like in the first event. So that's why I was thinking I was right. And then I realized, like right after you said the question, that, uh, that obviously he actually made his land debut in AW, and I just wasn't thinking of that. So that's kind of unfortunate, but... So we got one wrong. So I definitely got beat on that one. If I would have waited, though, I would have obviously gotten it eventually. But I jumped the gun way too early. Yeah. So anyway, that's all. Uh, those are all the guys that I researched. Got a little trivia. It was kind of more difficult than you would think to. You know, these guys don't have like total autobiographies written about them. Oh, yeah. I didn't want. I didn't want to go like way too in detail. With, like I won the you know 
the Fort Worth open or whatever. And, you know, mm -hmm. like, or, you know, I dropped 45 kills on a CTF on Arden Forest or something like, you know, just a really, you know, I didn't want to get too bogged down in the, and like the performances. Um, but yeah, so, uh, just something for our second segment, uh, you know, un un until we get back into like these power rankings and everything like that, we're kind of spinning our wheels of trying to figure up, uh, you know, ideas for our second segment. I hope, uh, I hope you all beat Ryan on at least one of them. Uh, <laughs> You know, but yeah, so, um, yeah, anything else you want to cover here? Yeah, that's that was a fun little segment. The other thing with your alliterative duo, I was actually thinking, I didn't know how in depth you were going to go. I didn't even think Tiny Tears. I thought you were going to maybe say Bruce and Bob because everybody always calls TJ <laughs> Fat Bob. So I was thinking <laughs> Bruce and Bob, maybe, or something like that. But Jesus, I, I didn't know where you were going to go with it. But I mean, we can we can move on to our down bad sports segment of the week if you've got one to talk about. We kind yeah. of we kind of jumped the hill of the Lions. I mean, maybe you're still down bad about the Lions. No, I got the first win. Well, I'll, I guess I'll uh, I'll go first again. I'm done with the Lions. Um, I'm more down bad about my uh, my fantasy football team. One of my fantasy football teams. Um, you know, not to get into all this like detail. Um, but you know, we had an auction draft, obviously, uh, where you get a certain amount of, um, you know, fake money to spend on any player that you want, any players that you want. Uh, so that you know, as opposed to like a snake draft, it allows you to draft. You know, really, you can target you know specific players that might all go in the first or second round, and then you can build your team that way. Uh, I spent big on Christian McCaffrey and Travis Kelsey. Uh, one of the worst ideas I've ever done. Uh, <sighs> you know, CMC turned out to be, you know, just made of rubber this year. Uh, absolutely no integrity to his body. Uh, mm. Injured, out for the season. I ended up trading him away uh, mid-season uh, at a loss. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, missed playoffs. Uh, came down to this past, this just this last week. Um, a win would have got me into the eight spot. Uh, failed to. Uh, failed to win. Uh, just a really, uh, you know, struggled a lot this year. My draft strategy. Uh, I just can't. Because uh, I'm, I'm going to be more disciplined in the in the auction draft, <laughs> not, uh, not be such a big spender. Um, but conversely, my other team, uh, I'm going to be locking up either the one, two, or three spot tonight. Uh, the one or two spots would give me a buy into the first round of the playoffs. Um, yeah. So hopefully I can pull out a win because we have only three teams that are eligible. Uh, and I think I would lose the tiebreaker based on total points for the season. So I'm hoping that, Oh, I can just win. I have four players going right now in Monday night football. Um, so looking forward to getting, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting on, uh, you know, hopping on the, on the tube and watching a little bit of that and, uh, you know, getting down bad about, you know, if they start struggling or whatever, um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, you know, unfortunately, Ryan, your uh, Colts didn't play this week, so I didn't have the help of Jonathan Taylor and Pittman yeah. on my on my one team. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of down bad about that too. But uh, yeah, that's about all I got. Hey, I was I was hyped with the way the Colts week went, though. I mean, we got healthy, we got a couple players returning off the COVID list. We jumped from ninth in the AFC standings to sixth by not playing. Colts are actually ninth coming into this weekend. Now they're sitting in the sixth place, which obviously in the NFL, seven teams in each conference make the playoffs. So 
season ended today, the Colts would officially be in the playoffs. And also the big thing about them getting into the sixth seed means they control their own destiny. From here on out, if they win every game, they're in. They control their own destiny. So that was awesome on the bye week. I mean, I'm in one fantasy playoff matchup right now, and I put up 200 points, uh, most wow. likely, because I had 185 coming into tonight, and I have James Conner left. So I I actually, that my opponent scored 152, or I think he had 140 coming in tonight, and he has Stafford. So that guy is down bad, the guy that I'm playing. I'm actually playing my cousin in this league, and he's going to put up. Uh, like 160, 165 points with Stafford tonight, and I'm still going to beat him by like 30. So he's absolutely down horrendous because he had an insane week. But I mean, my <laughs> team with Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, James Conner tonight, and I mean, just George Kittle, an insane team that put up ridiculous numbers, Justin Jefferson. So I'm not too down bad about that. The one thing that really had me down bad in the sports world this week, though, was the Demarius Thomas news. Uh, obviously, he mm-hmm. passed away. Uh, I wasn't necessarily a Broncos fan growing up, obviously being a Colts fan, but I was a Peyton Manning fan. Uh, and when Peyton Manning left the Colts, for a couple of years there, the Colts weren't as good. I was obviously still a Colts fan, but I followed Peyton Manning around because he didn't leave in a bad way from the Colts, no bad blood, and he went over to the Broncos. I bought a Peyton Manning Broncos jersey right away because I was still a big fan. Uh, and then obviously he had Demarius Thomas on his team back in those days, and the dude was an absolute beast. But more importantly for this for this story, he seems like he was a really great person. He did a lot of work in the community. Uh, they, that's the one thing all these people said about him after the news of his passing this week was obviously insanely good football player and was a top receiver in the league for many years, like the five or six years when Peyton was there, uh, and then had some injuries that kind of forced his career to end towards the end, but an absolute beast on the field. And everybody always said he was a great person. So, uh, obviously the news came that he passed away this week at 33 years old, which is just crazy. That's so young. Uh, it sounded like from the reports it was just some some kind of illness or sickness he had and he passed away in his home so i was super sad to see that this week because he was one of my favorite players from that little era of football because he was playing with peyton and he helped peyton win a super bowl and at the time peyton was one of my favorite players so kind of by association uh demarius thomas became one of my favorite players so i was really sad to see that this week kind of a more somber note but i think he deserves a little shout out because obviously being a good football player will get you a shout out but everybody says he was such a great person so i think I think that deserves a shout out and obviously our thoughts go out to his family and friends and everybody that knew him, but it was just a sad thing to see this week. I was, I was pretty down bad about that. Yeah. Geez. That was, uh, seems like it was almost a you know lifetime ago or something that that, you know, just like yeah. the news, but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, I, I remember just reading all the tributes that people put out to him and stuff. And that was, uh, certainly kind of moving to read. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, that Colt that uh Broncos offense was just so prolific. You had uh, Peyton, maybe just the best sling- ever that one year. He had just slinging, I think he had Miles Sanders as well. Uh, yeah, they had that, that Eric team, Decker. <laughs> yeah, that team was so good. Uh, yeah. and obviously, you know, gone way too soon. I think he was only like 33 years old or something. Yeah. Insane, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, the sports world lost uh, lost a big icon, and uh, I think. The big thing when somebody like that passes away, like a celebrity, is obviously a lot of people remember their work, whether they were an actor or anything. Uh, like the big thing to me when you really know that a person had a big impact is instead of just talking about like their achievements on the field, if they're an athlete, is when most people weren't even talking about how great of a player he was. Most people were talking about how good of a guy he was, which is like a big thing because obviously, like anybody, any athlete can be known for their accomplishments on the field. But when you've got this many people mentioning how how many good accomplishments he had off the field, it's obviously 
even bigger in my eyes than your accomplishments on the field if you can be talked about in such a positive light off the field. So shout out to Demarius Thomas. And I saw something cool that uh, obviously the Broncos played the Lions this week. They were at home, obviously had a big tribute for him. And I think it was like something on like their last drive. They drove 88 yards for a score or something. And that's kind of cool because obviously he wore 88. So it's kind of a little poetic ending and something kind of a cool moment for the fans to hang on to in their in their tribute game to Demarius. So that was kind of something interesting. And obviously, shout out to his family and everybody going through uh, this tough time. But that was something that kind of had me thinking this week. Yeah, for sure. Of course, it was against my Lions, but we won't, yeah, won't, of course. won't get into that. Cherry on top, it had to be against the Lions. Exactly. <laughs> All right, you ready to wrap it up? Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for this one. Obviously, a little different this time. We finally had a little bit of news to talk about with with the roster, uh, or not roster announcement, but potential rumored team coming into the CDL. Uh, also, we did that second segment, kind of a first-time segment. We haven't really done anything like that. I think it was a pretty good success. Let us know down in the comments. Let us know which ones you beat me on. I hope you guys beat me on the last one since I completely got it wrong. Uh, but let us know which which question you knew it at, which, which trivia part you knew it at. Did you know after the first one? Did you go bold? Uh, let us know down below. Obviously, if you're on YouTube, please be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. It really helps us out. Uh, and if you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow on there, like it, uh, leave a review if you can on the platform. That'd be greatly appreciated. But that's going to do it for this one. Uh, thank you guys all for watching and listening. And we'll see you in the next one next week with hopefully some more news. And uh, if you guys have any ideas for a second segment you want us to do, obviously we're going to keep brainstorming ones like the one we had today, but we'll always take your ideas into consideration. So I appreciate the support. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.